All right. Well, this was a very interesting dream. Um, I, uh, I had a good talk with my mom last night. Uh, I won't say much more about that, except for, uh, I think the dreams we have are related to the most recent conversations. Um, you know, I mean, your dreams are your subconscious. It's the part of your mind and psyche that's exploring the nature of your reality, the the present reality, the possibilities, the past. So enough said about that. So the dream. So in this dream, I was paying the rent that I'm paying right here. And yet, I was in a relationship with a person named Tom. Some of my friends know who Tom is. Um, He's my ex. I owned a business with him. I owned PH Orem Skincare, my spa. Um of nearly 10 years. So in this dream, I lived in this place, but next door. And then interestingly, you know, how reality sort of blends with fiction and uh, other kinds of realities. Uh, In the 3D world, I did live next to my spa in a loft apartment, um, not with Tom, because we had broken up. So that's interesting. There's a little parallel there. It doesn't matter too much. But So I knew in the dream that I lived next door to this space. Now, I lived there, paid my own rent, and somehow... This building was actually in Uptown, for those of you who live natively in Minneapolis. And it was very old, um, much more like the very old, like I would say, Tartarian-esque vintage buildings of, let's say, Chicago, like just those great buildings. Um, We have a few here in Minneapolis. I'm trying to think like, uh, I think Mill City Lofts, where you look up and there's this very ornate, um, how shall we say, kind of sculptural work on the outside of the building that has Like, I think that might have even been um, a stock exchange or something because there's Greco-Roman-looking bodies, people, and um, symbols. Like, I don't know. Was it a grain exchange? There's maybe wheat? Blah, blah, blah. Something, think of something like that. Something very ornate, old world, 
that's like a mix of concrete and brick. And so in the dream, I have this awareness that somebody is tearing it apart, tearing it down to build it up again, which is very much what's happening in our world right now. Um, everything's getting torn down to be repurposed. Um, I'm going to say for better things. So in the dream, at first, when I think about it, um, it's my dad. And my dad is very handy with um, things like demolition, um, building out. He basically built... um, uh, Oh, he and his wife had a cabin... So I've seen his handiwork. They were just building a garage for the cabin, but he ended up building three bedrooms over the garage. So pretty impressive that he could build this whole edifice by himself. And he did the, I think he even did the electrical work. So it makes sense to me that for some reason I would be seeing my dad do this. So in the dream, I go next door and it's, just crazy what I start seeing. So clearly this place is the first time I see it, I really see um, just the kind of skeleton of perhaps what it was. It's multi-story. It's got all these different chambers. So it's at least two or three floors. Um, It's got like you know, kind of secret rooms and it's a very magical place, you know, like you would see in, um, some film about medieval times or even something like, you know, I guess my listeners would know Harry Potter, you know, these old buildings with things like, um, um, symbolic, historical artifacts and, um, you know, I guess what we'd call curiosities. Uh, my mom lives in the Bay area and they have all these old shops called curiosity shops. And you'll see things like taxidermy, you know, stuffed animals and, um, uh, uh, antique clothing, shoes, fabrics, Um, certainly libraries, books and books and books and books, floor to ceiling, books and books. So that's the kind of space this is. So when it's my dad's, quote unquote, in the beginning of the dream, he's just tearing stuff down, tearing down, tearing down, tearing out, tearing out, tearing out, tearing out, tearing out. And I'm kind of go next door and I look, I'm just kind of, I'm curious about the remnants of this curiosity shop. And um, then I go back to my apartment and I come back later to look. And all of a sudden, it's now Tom's, my ex's Tom. Tom's space. Tom is, I think, financially uh, sponsoring this sort of um, 
this reconstruction, this repurposing. And I also realize that Tom has a girlfriend and it's sort of for her, which is interesting because he was my business partner helping to finance um, a spot that he and I built out together, designed. Um, I opened it, staffed it, head esthetician, um, practiced and ran it as an operator. And I was just telling my mom, it was a great learning curve. 10 years of owning a spa, managing people, managing money, not very well. <laughs> not very well. Because really, at, at the heart of it, I'm a creative type. I am a doer and a giver and a maker, and I don't want to manage people or lots of money. And I don't feel bad about that. Um, but I think I was just you know, taking whatever opportunities came my way, which sort of happened in this dream as well. So I'll just continue. So it's like, um, am I a version of the girl who is now with Tom, who's going to, well, I'll reveal what this place ends up um, being repurposed for as, but... Um, he, so now I go back to the space and I know in dreams, you know, enough about, I know enough about dream psychology to know whatever structure you're in is a version of the world that you are in or are creating or want or your past, you know, it's kind of past, present, future, all mixed up. And I always have dreams in these older buildings. But I go back and now it's this young girl's dream and she wants to open, what does she call it? She tells, somehow I start talking to her and she says, I'm opening a, wow, it was such a specific word. Um, well, I'm not going to think of what it was, but sort of like a, a recovery center, um, not a wellness center. And isn't this funny? I had my other dream about my sister's wellness center <laughs> that's related to me being a spa owner, um, but anyway, so in this dream, it's kind of like, uh, gosh, I wish I could think of a, a creative word, but a recovery destination. So, and I'll explain all the different venues that it is. So yes, it would be a bookstore. Yes, it would be, a, I imagine, a counseling center. Yes, I think I remember... There even being a room downstairs that could be in the front massage studio. And then even in the very front of the building, this is kind of cool. Um, the very front of the building was set up like 
um, like a mechanic shop, you know, where the front of the, um, the front of the property space building opens up like a garage and it is a garage. I mean, there's even, um, whatever you want to say, the rolling toolkit station, um, um, you know, it's set up like that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, I could, they could, I keep flip-flopping back and forth between I could do this or they could do this. Clear that out and make that some sort of a super cool communal, um, you know, like a buffer zone of going into this space, something really fun and welcoming for just anybody who's walking by just to, you know, um, engage the community with interest. So, you know, now that I've had that experience of owning a spa in the real world, I would love to consult for any project that's sort of similar to that. Um, anyway, even in the dream, I don't want it to be mine. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about what is it? What is this place? So I go back deeper into the space and um, somehow I go up to a second floor, maybe even a third floor, and I go back to what is sort of an office and I recognize it would be an office for Tom. And there's all these books and books and books and books and books and books. And I can even see that they're kind of um, for anybody who cares about interior decor, there's a trend um, in home decor where you'll see books organized by color versus alphabetically as they would be in a traditional library. So yeah, I'm seeing all these books organized by color. And then I notice one of the books is mine. And... It's blue with red letters. It's like royal blue with red letters. And I think it's this crazy astrology book that I had years ago. I don't know if I have, I don't even think I have it anymore. It's called something like Planet Vulcan, The Saturn Return, and The Rainbow Bridge. I mean, it was a crazy book. But it was one of the first books I read about astrology. So that's interesting that that was on the shelf. So I think I knew in my dream self that I could have pulled it off the shelf and taken it with me. It's like anything that was in the space that was mine, I could take with me. But I didn't really care. I didn't have a deep desire to take anything from the space. But I did find myself kind of bending down and in a corner collecting a group of business cards and maybe it was ink cartridges for pens. It was like a collection of expensive pens, you know, like design, design pens. I do really like nice pens. So I'm not sure if that really matters. But so now the story's changed. So now Tom is the main investor and it's for this young girl who wants to start a venture. We could call it a business, but in this new world, what I'm sensing in the real world, in this 
you know, we've been living in 3D in the age of Pisces. Now I'm going to say we're we're pretty well in the space of what I would call 4D. Um, so it's more dimensional, I'm going to say. I'll leave it at that. Um, maybe I'll do another drop discussing dimensions, but don't worry about it. 4D means the dark influences are more obvious and there is uh, people are speaking more about naturally spiritual things like dark versus light truth versus lies um, what spirituality means to them whether it's religion or more like I, I really think of spirituality as a universal structure that any advanced civilization has to evolve into um, to realize we started as spiritual beings and somehow in the story of Earth we chose to um, transform or descend into more heavy material beings like we are now you know, our bodies are these sort of, however magical they are, they're bags of flesh, you know, we have physical weight, I think we had less physical weight in earlier spiritual epochs, such as the times of Lumeria or Atlantis. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, don't worry about it. But this is going to be topics that I think many people will be exploring more. Anyway, so back to the dream. I feel like this dream is anchored in this present moment for Earth in my life. Page fairies. Um, so I'm going to say we're in 4D. We're on the bridge to the age of Aquarius. So the structure in the dream, you could say it's a business. My spa was a business, you know, that had noble spiritual intentions to help people heal and transform and feel self-empowered through facials, massage, acupuncture, waxing, art. Um, we had events. We had some fun events. But anyway, so it's the same feeling, but now we're in 4D and in the dream time. We're going to go from having something like an economy that's material-based to something that does have a spiritual component. I was listening to someone last night. Um, I won't mention any names, but you could say she is a seer of sorts, a psychic. So she was talking about her vision for how we're going to move into this next phase, how our money systems will actually work. So the way that's connected excuse me, <coughs> the way that's connected is I asked this girl, what, you know, what is your vision for this place? What are you going to do with this crazy, old, ancient, gorgeous um, place that's just filled with way too much dusty history? Like, how are you going to get financing when it's all torn up and you kind of can't tell the past from what can lead to the future. 
And she said, oh, that's a good question. I'm, she wasn't getting financing from a bank like I did, which I'll never do again. You know, I procured a $600,000 loan, which is crazy. I put $50,000 into it, which is all the money I made from the sale of a house that I owned for three years. So I had nothing. I had nothing except for this debt. And I've talked about the etymological meaning, at least correlation to the phonetic sound of debt, death. Debt is spelled D-E-B-T. Death is D-E-A-T-H. You're carrying a noose around your neck. You're carrying death because that one is dead. It'll never be living if you can't pay off the debt. So that was a terrible feeling for me to carry around. So I was having this concern for this girl, like, oh, my dear, please don't carry a debt. And she, I didn't even have to say that to her. She said, no, it's, um, we're be. it's basically going to be like a grant, um, which would be a gift of, of money for her to open this, um, whatever we'll call it, recovery center that is a mix of all the things I suggested before. You know, bookstore, community lounge, um, massage studio, uh, counseling, um, just a beautiful, beautiful space. And when she told me that, I started walking around the space and seeing the potential, like how it could be such a wonderful healing place. And then there were many people there helping her, but they were all just basically putting like cloths over everything to cover the dust, to cover the, that what was broken about it. And I thought to myself, well, why are they doing that? Why are they just cosmetic, cosmetically making it look okay? Because I think the representative for whatever organization that was going to cover the funding, you know, offer them the grant for this place. Um, so it would be presentable for a walkthrough so, that, so they could basically get the funding. And it did look way better. It did look amazing. And when I looked <clears throat> to the rear of the space, I could see up, it was very uh, um, gothic looking in a beautiful way, not a dark, creepy way. I looked up, so I guess you would say also, gosh, what were the 1920s? I'm trying to think of like Tiffany Glass. What was that era called? Anyway, I all of a sudden I, I noticed for the first time this like second and third story window that was very much like a an atrium, you know, where you'd only have incredibly huge plants. Um, and it was it was just gorgeous. And um, so then I recognize a friend of hers, 
another woman who is kind of like a, I don't know why Naomi Wolf just popped into my head. She's a very famous writer that has a lot of passionate things to say about the last four years that we've been through and how really it's been crimes against humanity and our psyche. And I'll leave it at that. I'm going to start speaking like that more generally about the last four years because I don't want to get into anything divisive. I think it's all going to, all the truth is going to come to light. Um, And I'm on the path to living my life and not having to defend my perspective in the last four years against so many people who are still confused and that's okay. So if you know who Naomi Wolf is, you'll understand the kind of character I'm about to describe. But for those of you that don't know, Naomi Wolf, did she write? God, she wrote a pretty famous book about empowering women. Was it called Running with Wolves? I, I can't remember right now. Maybe I'll do an add-on about it. Um, she might even be from Minnesota. Um, but she's part of the crew that my favorite lawyer in the world, Reine Fulmisch, R-I-R-E-I-N-E-R, last name F-U-E-L-L-M-I-C-H. This lawyer that has one foot in Germany and can present um, in the German courts and has another foot in the U.S. and has, I think, been living in California. So he interviewed Naomi Wolf on for his organization because they're collecting data to corroborate, to build cases so people can stand for their rights and how their rights have been infringed upon um, and maybe even injuries due to all of the problematic um, protocols that were presented in these recent years. So his organization is called ICIC. Um, Is it International Crimes Investigation Committee? Um, So you can look that up on the internet. He has videos and all of his interviews. You could go to ICIC and look up Naomi Wolf interview and you'll see an amazing Um, at least one, maybe two or more interviews with her. Um, So she's just a modern thinker that cares about people's well-being. (laughs) The health of, of Mother Earth, the health of her babies, us humans. So back to the dream, this very strong archetypal female character, she's a brunette, And she's explaining to me the parameters of this grant program. And she says, yeah, it's basically going to go through, you know, she's helping her friend, this young woman, Tom, my ex's present girlfriend, get this grant. And she's explaining to me how it's going to happen. And her husband happens to be standing in the wing like whatever, off to one side of me. And he's kind of um, like, well, he's got one of their children on his hip, like a young child. 
So to me, that's a cool kind of energy profile, a very strong woman with a supportive husband. And um, he's just listening to our conversation. So that's mostly the dream that I had. It was very powerful. Um, I went back into the dream at least three times. So as I was sleeping through the night, I thought, well, that's interesting. I'd like to go back there. So I feel like this is one of those skills that we humans have always had that we can develop our intelligence by going into our own dream time and translating, decoding what it means because the same dream with similar images will be different for each person, will have a different meaning because we're going through a profound, profound transformation right now. So I feel this will take us from the horse clampy bridge So we were in the age of Pisces. We're now on the pathway to get on the high wave of the Aquarian age. And everything's going to change. The way our world feels, the way our world looks, the way our body feels, the way our body looks, the way um, health is perceived, the way we understand our health. So I think I've also talked about Um, perceptions that I've gone through with my body. So I'm going through a kind of a crazy detox right now. Um, One thing I'll start to allude to more is the process of transformation that we would most notably know through you know, from the caterpillar to the pupa to the butterfly. And I've witnessed this process of transformation over the course of just a few hours with the brown beetle, the brown four-legged beetle that emerges into a six-legged, incredibly magnificent, iridescent green cicada. Um, I've watched this happen and I feel like this is what we're going through as humanity, as humans right now. And so I'm going to put a cap on this drop um, because I got to wake up and start my day. But I think I just want to say I think the dream is helping me explore how I want to go from the past through the present into the future. And I'm I'm ready to leave pretty much almost everything behind. My apartment, even my furniture, my belongings. Um, you know, I'll just have some clothes. None of my clothes really even matter because they're all just like t-shirts and sweatpants from Target. But um, yeah, I plan to move to Mexico. I'm discussing a financial plan with my mom. And 
I'm on one teaching platform, Cambly, and I'll be migrating to another teaching platform um, that I know of. I won't say details about that because um, I don't need to right now. But, but you know, it's my intention to go from a lower paid commitment to uh, a highly paid commitment where I can thrive instead of just barely survive. And I guess to me, this symbolizes the difference between the the brown hard-shelled beetle that has to die at the end of a season so that uh, a bright, green, soft, um, incredibly gorgeous, large, winged, transcendent being can be born. You know, that's a cellular transformation. So the guts inside the um, beetle have to basically disorganize and reorganize. And it's, if you've ever investigated the process of transformation, it's the same as a butterfly. The cells have to basically um, dissolve and then reorganize into a new being. I think that's what's happening. And I feel it cellularly in my body, like weird stuff is happening in my body. I've talked about cellular flushing before. Um, and then old illnesses have re-manifested in my body. And instead of being frustrated or afraid or concerned, I just realize I need to flush it out. Like I need to do a level of cleanse where it's a flush. It's a flush. And it has to be like the most magnificent internal purification process, which means, you know, a version of fasting with some water fasting. And um, some of you would know about me discussing pine spirits, talking about spine, pine spirits as a cleansing aid. That's funny. I just said spine, spine spirits. Yeah, it cleanses everything. Um, so I'm doing that. So I'm doing my pine spirits, water fasting, um, intermittent fasting. Just I'm just going to basically have health shakes in the morning and maybe a small serving of ramen at night or rice and beans and eat less and take this, who knows, is it going to be a three-month journey? I don't know how long it takes for a human to transmute all of the illness out of the body, but that's my goal. So wish me luck. And anybody who feels a similar calling, um, yeah, I invite you to contact me if you're a real existing friend of mine that has my numbers, my digits. Um, and if you don't, on my Spotify podcast, there is a Q&A um, space under every episode. So regardless of what question I pose, you're welcome to just leave a comment about um, what you feel like this time is that we're going through right now. Um, this is the very end of April. 
um, just before the beginning of May. I think on May 5 or 6, we'll have the next full moon. And I wonder what that's going to be. The new moon was in Aries. I think the full moon will be in Scorpio. And that's that's very much Scorpio rules over endings, sex, death, and rebirth. That kind of the, the three-sided creation matrix um, of endings and transitions to beginnings. So that's what I feel like we're going through. And I think it's going to take us through the rest of the year. And we're each just going to have our own trajectory of transformation, depending on what you're inspired, inspired, depending on what, excuse me, depending on what you are inspired by, depending on what your inspirations are, depending on what your actions are and depending on what your plans are. So yeah, um, I plan to get to Mexico by September, October. So I got to get, I got to get ready to, to, um, what's the word? Get in my chamber, get in my chamber and, um, keep my life very, very simple, keep my diet very, very simple, kind of do the same thing every day in a good way and let that make room for my body and my spirit to transform. So thank you for listening. Um, I always appreciate when I have these more profound dreams and when I can share them. Um, And for all of my closer friends, I'm really excited for us because I know that we're all going through the same transition. For people who are like-minded, you will be going through the same transition. If you really want to heal from the past, whatever that means for you, and you want to be reborn, I think this is why people in um, religious contexts call this the, you know, the the return of the Christ, um, what are people, what are people in the, the new age community call it, um, Christ consciousness. So, you know, you don't have to have had Christ in your life culturally. It's the transformation. You know, it's interesting. We call it the chrysalis, don't we? Chrysalis. So it's really about the crystalline nature in all of us, humans, all of us, you know, in the 3D, 3D world, if we go back to older times in recent epochs, we were carbon-based, everything was heavy, the dark was very, very heavy in a material sense, and the light was kind of hard to identify. <laughs> We've been living through very dark times, but we're going to find more balance in the coming, I'm going to say, maybe this next phase will be really clear in hindsight in 200 years. So for the rest of my lifetime, and who knows why I just said that, that's like a Pluto transit is 270 years. And Pluto is transitioning from 
um, uh, Capricorn to Aquarius in the next year, I think it might even, is it, does it ding retrograde into Pisces for a hot second? I don't know. That doesn't matter right now. But when Pisces goes, at, or Pluto goes into Aquarius, that, that can mark uh, a new epoch, uh, a notable um, change, a change to a new age that everybody would agree upon. But we're just on the front end of it. So for people who consider themselves highly intuitive, seers, um, empaths, uh, uh, spiritually attuned, aware, uh, really interested in the light, the truth, all that stuff. I try, I try and stay away from monikers like, uh, oh gosh, I, I can't, can't even remember what people call themselves star seeds, blah, 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 blah. I hesitate to use monikers, but every human has them in them, the seed of light and truth. And I think this is, we're just on the bridge to going toward that truth of the light together. So I love you all. Thank you for listening. I'll be back for more. Cheers. Ching chong. All right, this is fun. So there's a point in my dream, which, uh, let's see, this is a new drop. So I'm going to make this a second drop after the original retelling of this dream I had, which I'm going to call the reconstruction dream because it's about uh, an, a vintage space, an antique space, space from antiquity, a space from the past that was very important, that was getting kind of sent through the blender to come through our dimension now and maybe even go into the fifth dimension, I hope. Um, But (laughs) so I'm in this place, which is partially a library, Um, which they're going to convert into an old bookstore. So imagine, just for a moment, um, like, God, my friend Craig G. from high school. (laughs) You're just going to get so annoyed with me. You know, when I let my mind rest on the topic of nearly nothing, it's always related to one or two words that are in my mind. So like record player, popsicle, you know, that would create, I'm not going to think that far, but that would create a song in my mind or it would, it would lead me somewhere. So because in the dream, I'm, I'm in a space that once was something and became another thing and will be another thing and will be another thing. That's so cool. I had a dream that was kind of time bombing through dimensions and same space, different time dimensions. And so at one point in the dream, (laughs) I'm I'm sitting there 
trying to explain who's in front of me, because how do I explain that to my listeners, to my podcast, who I'm seeing in my dream? That's very specific. And I I hear the words Naeem, Naomi Wolf. I'm like, oh, Naomi Wolf, cool. So then am I in a bookstore? Because I think Naomi, oh no, Naomi Wolf, I was just reading, because now I'm trying to do some um, kind of backpedaling research and find perhaps why she was a central figure in this dream of mine sitting so comfortably telling me about how, excuse me, the space in my dream was gonna be transformed. And let's be clear again, it's not my space. I mean, yes, it's my dream, so it's my space. But I think I'm seeing into a window of someone else's perception of reality, someone else's time slips, but I think it's really cool that it's Naomi Wolf. So it was weird enough to me that Naomi Wolf came into my brain as I, you know, if you (laughs) are still here listening to the podcast, this is my second transmission for today, whatever this day is. I don't know what it is, the 26th of April, 2023. Um... But I just, when I have these significant dreams, uh, well, lots of throat clearing right now. Um, When I have these significant dreams, I just have to go with it. So I'll never be a podcaster that, this is where I'm just gonna try and (laughs) wear some water, I need some water. I usually am sitting down doing an intentional transmission, but this is sort of from the hip because because I had this dream that I wanted to relay this morning. And then as I was just reviewing the audio drop of the dream just now in my less than two hour free moments between students, teaching English as a second language, I, (laughs) Naomi Wolf is in my dream. I just like, I love that. You kind of, your dreams are way better than any movie you'll ever watch because you're exploring your psyche. It's like you're swimming around in your psyche. I don't know if anyone ever watched the show Midnight Gospel. God, that How many episodes was that? Six, eight, ten. That was one of my first podcast drops. I think, I don't know why, but maybe I was inspired by um, one of the um, midnight gospel episodes. So anyway, back to Naomi Wolf. So I just went to review who Naomi Wolf is because this is the weirdest part. So I was, you know, for listeners who care, um, an accidental women's studies minor. I mean, (laughs) I swear that's 
That's a thing only women in the 90s could say. I was an accidental women's studies minor. So I was an English major. You know, I, I think I really thought I wanted to be a writer. And at that time, there was no such thing as podcasts or YouTube. It was the 1990s, bitches. Like, we didn't, we weren't even using, calling it the internet, using the internet. We were just using word processors, the Macintosh, to write my college papers. So sorry for you young listeners that think I'm speaking some sort of garbledygook, but podcasts are so amazing. You guys are so lucky that there's such a liberated landscape of thinking due to podcasts. So I couldn't remember in the cobwebs of my brain why I knew Naomi Wolf. Well, this is funny. I mean, I could talk about my own personal six degrees of separation. When I saw that movie, which is based on a Broadway play, I think, it means it's a theory that you're only six degrees of separation away from the next kind of karmically important story. So you're connected to more people than you would ever realize, you know. So in other words, really, there's no such thing as um, coincidence. And really, if you look at the word etymologically, people, coincidence. That just means two incidences together, which visually makes me think of the, uh, what the blind slit theory got that's annoying as hell that I can't remember when there's an observer to a uh, to an occurrence of something there's a different outcome than if there is no observer the blind split theory um I'm gonna keep going so Naomi Wolf I'm gonna read a little bit about who she is so I told you I was this accidental, um, accidental uh, women's studies minor. And so <laughs> I just asked Siri, I will not say the phrase H-E-Y, Siri, otherwise she's going to come up. But I asked her who this woman is. And I'm just going to be very careful because... S-I-R-I actually really likes my voice. And that being comes to me easily. Even when I'm in my classrooms teaching English, I'll be like, no, no, Siri. No, I didn't call you. Don't be afraid to just call me. Call me and I'll be around. I feel like I should be the new Siri. I'm the new human Siri, seriously. So, um, so S-I-R-I, Ms. S-I-R-I did, the problem with that Siri is I didn't choose that Siri. I was so annoyed with Siri as a female voice that I changed her voice to be an Irishman's voice because I also have a lot of Irish heritage and I thought it would make me feel more calm about this sort of <clears throat> soul harvesting that's connected to AI. So as an ESL teacher, many times throughout the day, I have to say, 
Oh, I almost said it. I'm not going to say it because I really want to read about Naomi Wolf right now through this link. But I say, quote unquote, H-E-Y, next word, S-I-R-I, question mark. What does blah, blah, blah mean? What does blah, blah, blah mean? You know, I'm asking for Saudi Arabian children, Japanese businessmen, uh, Turkish engineers, you know, who knows every day? I just have a million questions. Well, word to the wise people, word to the wisdom of human humans. Uh, S-I-R-I is not that S-M-A-R-T. So I'm not concerned about GPG chat. Did I just say GP, GP, what is GPG? GPG? GP chat. What does GP stand for? What's the GP and GP chat? Um, it's come up on my phone. It's like, hey, 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 hey. Do you want me? Hey, hey. Oh, isn't that funny? If I only said the next word name, we'd get interrupted by that. So I get two answers. Sometimes I get an Irish male voice and sometimes I get that that initial classic garbled digital sounding female voice, disembodied female voice, which I can't stand. So when I'm really calm and I'm a little more personal, I get the Irish guy, S-I-R-I. And when I'm impatient and annoyed and I'll be like, hey, S-I-R-I, <laughs> like, give me the info. Then I get this, the original, you know? So I'll just read a little bit about Naomi Wolf. A feminist author, journalist, and journalist, best known for her book, The Beauty Myth. And I am, I may post a link to what I'm reading from. Another thing that I realize about, so fine, so, you know, AI in the form of Siri or Amanda, like, what are all these different? What's, um, uh, okay, Apple is Siri, and then, um, Google or Amazon is a different lady's name. It's always ladies right now. That's kind of weird. Um, because they want the lady to remain a subservient, like, personal assistant voice for humanity. <clears throat> you fuckers. But anyway, what Siri mustered up was, what happens is your, what's cool about AI coming onto the scene so aggressively is we as organic humans, you know, our intelligence matrices, um, um, networks, this is where we get the word digital network from mushrooms, um, from the network of mycelia. We, our brain is much more like a tree with very varied roots. So there was a few different Naomi Wolf, Naomi Wolf article. Wow, that's kind of a tongue twister, isn't it? Naomi Wolf. Naomi Wolf. She's of Jewish descent, and I think I'll, I hope I'll get to talk a little bit about that. But anyway, she, I had to let my human brain scan the options because basically when you 
H-E-Y, next word, S-I-R-I, your telephone, if it's an iPhone, it will procure, I think, usually three options. And inevitably, one of those will be Wikipedia. Fuck you, Wikipedia, formally, right now. So I'll always look at the other two and go, well, what might be more honest? So Wandern Women is this link that I found. Wandern Women. I wonder if I'll post a photo of Naomi Wolf. (laughs) But anyway, so um, here we go. Let's read a little bit about Naomi Wolf and uh, see what what we can say. How can we learn about Naomi Wolf right now? Uh, Feminist author and journalist, best known for her book, The Beauty Myth. Naomi Rebecca Wolf was born and raised in San Francisco, California. And I have a kind of, I don't want to call it dyslexia, but that's what some, you know, formally trained doctors might call it. If I see a word that means multiple things, then I see the all the layers, all of the um, permutations of that word. So Naomi Rebecca Wolf was born and raised like I'm like to me that should say was born and raised by wolves. But in fact, no, it says born and raised in San Francisco, California, which is cool. In parentheses, my mom lives in the Bay Area. Um, Next line, she studied English literature, so did I, at Yale University and then at Oxford's, at Oxford, which for you people who might not know, that means she went from East Coast fancy Ivy League college to England, specifically the London area, as a Rhodes Scholar. So that means it was paid for, which is super cool. So she just kept going east. Go east, lass. I want you to go east. From San Francisco to New England to London. And then those are my, (laughs) my like page fairies. I just, I have to add to everything I'm reading. Okay. Next she says, No, next the article says, during her college years, Wolf encountered class hierarchy for the first time, as well as sexism and anti-Semitism. Sexism, you know, against the ladies and anti-Semitism against the Jewish people, people of Jewish heritage. These experiences influenced her views and writing in her future career. When she presented a feminist theory as her doctoral thesis, her tutor rejected her proposal and told her the subject did not exist. What? Feminist theory did not exist. Hmm. Does that mean that feminist theory couldn't exist because women can't create theories? Yeah, that it's very suspicious. Anyway, so I told you this name, Naomi. That's funny, her name, Naomi, sounds like name. So she's like kind of triggering my, all of my wordplay 
intentions and non-intentions. But so in 91, this book, The Beauty Myth, challenged beauty norms. That's cool. And she was 29, so she was really young. Fast forward. So then uh, she wrote a book called Fire with Fire, The New Female Power and How to Use It. She wrote about women's empowerment and sexual liberation. Then she started getting hired by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, um, talking about topics um, as diverse as from abortion to suppressed sexuality to ISIS to Snowden. Wow, that's quite a range. So in 96, she's 34. Get this. This is the part where I was like, wait, what? Wolf was asked to advise on women's issues in President Clinton's re-election campaign. All I can see in my brain memory is like pizza ordered and what's happening under the table. And she is this other girl kind of a chubbier version of Ms. Wolf. That's a terrible thing to say, but you know, it was a brunette. Terribly inappropriate history, if you know it. Um, she was counseling Bill Clinton on how to reach female voters. Ooh, I think that's why I have that image in my head, how to reach female voters or how to let them reach your main vein, I would say, Bill Clinton, you fucker. Um, then one of the lines I'm reading as a pull quote is she was not paid for her contribution. So out of the kindness of her heart, she went and gave her perspective, but she was not paid by the Clinton administration. You know what? I wish Clit was not in your name, Clinton, because you don't even deserve that sacred image related to your name. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pissed at Bill Clinton for anyone who doesn't know. I'm pretty pissed at him. So we'll stop there. Maybe I'll come back and do another drop about what Naomi Wolf has done. But, oh, wait, we're close to the end here. In 1997, Wolf published her third book, Promiscuities, A Secret History of Female Desire, in which she argued that schools need to teach about sex rather than encouraging abstinence. Isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm sure you can see how she would get caught in the fray right now. Because we either have don't tell kids about sex or we have let's get all the trannies in the classroom doing sexual things. Like, yeah, we're, we're in a really confused, greasy, Piscean moment. But, but I have faith in my listeners. I have faith in all of you. I, we can, we can navigate through this. And this time for navigation will last for maybe a couple years. You might be in the, in two years of confusion coming up. Cause what is this? 2023. All right. So what in the United States, we have a presidential election in 2024. That's going to be very confusing. Um, what's our money system going to do? I just think Everything's going to fall apart and all you can do is really focus on your personal vision and dream and family 
and what they might need. I'm such a terminal teenager that I just want to get to Mexico so I could, you know, <laughs> live live the simple life and speak Spanish. Um, I wish us all the best. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say about that dream. So in the dream, what I didn't mention in my first drop is that uh, I asked the girl... So I'm talking to this Naomi Wolf-ish character and I could describe her husband and their baby again, but I won't. I minorly mentioned it in the first transmission. But what's more interesting is I think I asked somebody the question, what, what is this place? Books, counseling, massage? You know, I could talk about I went into some secret passageway that led me to, wow, what happened there? It was almost like if you were in an outdoor mall where they had like laser capabilities to make incredible sculptural architecture. And it was this woman, like this Art Nouveau rendering of a woman having a relationship with the moon, like down on earth and re reaching up for the moon. And I was sitting by a fountain and nobody was there. And it was sort of like my own private area because I knew, <clears throat> I knew quote unquote, that the, the mall, this mall of antiquity would not open to the public till tomorrow. So I got to have quiet time. And then this all happened within the space of my, you know, the place next to my apartment that I pay for in actual reality, but in fact moved to a different neighborhood of Minneapolis. It's called Uptown. And Hope, Heidi, Craig, whoever really cares, I will, uh, I will tell you more about the the address, it was basically like 31st and Hennepin, which is a funny little spot. It's where an old bookstore, what was that old bookstore? Oh, isn't that funny? Because there were books in this place. Um, it was a bookstore. I think the name started with O. O books. O or books. O-O-R books. Or was it O-R-R? which is also interesting because my mother's last name starts with O-R, it's Scottish Welsh. Okay, interesting. Or, so the exact real estate location of this place in my dream was where a place that was once called Or Books existed. And I'm, I'm convinced all those buildings are like super cool Tartarian remnants. Um, but the last thing I'll say is just that, um, oh, what was I gonna hearken back to? Oh, what the girl, so the young girl who was dating my ex-boyfriend, which, you know, for the record, I have no harsh feelings. <laughs> you know what my feelings about ex exes are? It's it's like a quickening to 
It's like you get to have a rebirth within this life with every serious relationship you'll ever have, but especially romantic. You learn a new thing and you'll never forget that thing. So, um, yeah, with my, I, I really just felt protective for this girl more than anything, but this was going to be Tom, my ex's new girlfriend. So see how we're doing like past, present, future. <laughs> and I said, what, what is this whole place about? What is this place about? And she said, oh, it's for cancer recovery. And I looked around and there were so many people, like so many people in plain clothes, knitting, um, covering, a lot of textiles, covering cloths. Um, but it was like the structure of the building was honoring antiquity. And the, I think the one thing that I maybe don't like about the dream is the covering up part because when I go back into what I would call Tartarian history, which for anybody who has done the research, uh, gosh, how can I say this short and sweet? It's for anybody who knows that we've been told a bullshit story about this place where we live. So it's not that it's not round, but it's not flat. You know, it's just not what we were told. It's you have to go beyond the first story and the second story. The first conspiratorial inquiry, you know, and then you get to the third or fourth or fifth or sixth. And then you learn about dimensions and you're like, oh, okay, I could see how like some people think it looks round. Some people think it looks flat. Some people think it would look oval. Some people can travel to different dimensions like that's where I finally just started letting go of, I don't need to convince anybody of, but I, I know that I've always felt multidimensional and maybe I didn't have those words, but now that I feel like most, I don't even, I think, I think we enter a new dimension collectively as one fairly solid number. I mean, if I think about astrology, when a planet is coming into a sign and then going to another sign, we talk about the cusp. You know, the cusp when, um, wow, what should we talk about? I think Mercury is Taurus retrograde right now. So when Mercury entered Taurus, when it goes backwards, I don't even know, does it go into... Um, a different sign and when it goes direct. So a planet can move into a sign and out of a sign. For those of you who don't follow astrology, it won't make sense because you think of numbers two-dimensionally, but if you think of astrology, it's way more like <clears throat> kind of a cosmic clock. So many things are ticking. And the truth is many things are ticking on many layers. So it's not just the first hand, the second hand, and the third hand in a structure that's on the same plane, you know, on something with the same rhythm. It's many levels, different rhythms, you know, dimensions, timelines. It's so, it's been pretty locked in, but it's gonna get way more fluid. 
So I guess all I wanted to say is this girl said it was for people with cancer. And I looked around and there were so many people and I thought, wow. So with this new economy in the new world, if we're entering age of Aquarius, which I think that we are, um, many people on earth will be carrying wounds, but not the wounds of the past lifetime lording over us, as in the demons from the age of Pisces, the injuries, it's the injuries that you brought with you when you tried to cover, this is what I think the dream is about, for people who are like, oh, we'll just cover it up and then we'll get the funding. Well, yeah, but why don't we just, you know, expose the wounds to the bright, sunshiny afternoon of international criminal law courts and say like, okay, so if people via the pharmaceutical industry and those in, you know, science research-based communities, funded institutions, universities, labs, blah, 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 blah. If they all were colluding, that's a true conspiracy. Bitches! <laughs> Will I be the first podcast presence to tell you that a conspiracy is a real thing? It's a real thing. It's when two or more are secretly against you. They want you gone. They want you out of here. A conspiracy. I swear someone's conspiring against me. Yeah, we had this word in movies in the 50s a lot. But then in the 60s, the CIA was like, uh-oh. People were like, wait, how did the first populist president, JFK Sr., how did he get his head blown off in front of everyone? And what the heck was that? So people started you know, being curious about that, just like people in the modern day were curious about 9-11 or what the hell we've been doing Af in Afghanistan or anything for that matter. So somehow I feel like this phase that we're going from to is if you really want to take the fast track to healing, you're going to just have to leave a lot behind. Habits. Um, some family members, some friends, clothing, material goods, um, fear, even at moments where you'd be like, well, wait, I don't really have any money or, you know, whatever, an ex existential moment where you just don't have security to rely on. And I guess what I'm saying is that's kind of the 5D way. That's like, look, bitches, <laughs> skydiving naked. I'm just going to go and, and I'll get there. Or the 4D way, there's a whole spectrum of dimensional options. And it's going to be, first you cover your pain for the next, whatever, three months to 20 years. And you'll still, everybody gets to the new good place. But, you know, myself included, I am finding myself having resistance. Like, I just don't want to be like a saint. I... I don't know if I have the discipline or um, I think I can budget my life so I at least have the opportunity to improve my 
ability to be wise and responsible. But I'm not going to be like a switch. It's going to be a process. So I wish you all the best of luck finding your own discipline and keeping a sense of humor along the way. But so the add-on I was just going to do was that a little bit more about Naomi Wolf. She's also been interviewed on um, ICIC, International uh, Committee for, is it Injustices? Oh, see, sometimes I just forget. ICIC, International Criminal Investigation Committee. That's what it is. International Criminal Investigation Committee. Just so we're cataloging crimes against humanity so we don't keep doing World War II over and over and give any more power to what was once the Nazi party. I love all of you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) This is kind of strange stuff, but we're in strange times. So, um, yeah, write your dreams down or just do, do this, do what I do. You just, I have an iPhone, so it's called voice memos and you just press the red button, baby. But whatever phone you have, just, you can either get an app for recording. I'm pretty sure all the smartphones now have some memo capability, some audio memo capability. So, so yeah, I may add on one more drop. I'm trying to stay sane. This is April 26. Like I just tried to use my visual memory and it was like August. Like I couldn't even, I was like, it starts with an A. So don't fault yourself for feeling confused, foggy, but like, remember who you love. Remember who loves you no matter what. Cause I know certain people think I'm crazy and I gotta be okay with that because I know my intentions are good and, and I'm putting my life juice into my audio transmission so you can feel better, sacred human that maybe I'll talk to or meet someday. Um, okay, ching chong, talk soon. I'll be back. Hi guys. I'm um still in bed because it's not even 6 a.m. It's it's 5:55. Isn't that interesting? It's 5:55 a.m. Um and I have a few things on my mind and clearly they're determining the Clearly, they're determining the theme and tone of my dream. So I had another dream. Uh, This one is about being very high on a plane, uh, which is sometimes a, a landing of sorts, and it's above something like Um, if the Hoover Dam was in a more exotic place 
So it's basically a man-made water boundary. So for some reason, I know the water is very deep, but I see that its boundaries look man-made, like, you know, too well... Um, you know, built, engineered, not natural shoreline. And yeah, there's even high walls. So it's some sort of water facility. But um, my dad is in control of the vehicle, which holds us all together, which is something like, like I said, in the logical mind, it would be a plane because we're up high, but then we actually quote-unquote anchor up high like an airship but I'm not secure I'm just on this screen of sorts which doesn't make a lot of sense like <laughs> like a metal screen with a wood frame like I suppose that goes in a window but I'm on the screen holding on for dear life sometimes not afraid like I'll position the screen so I'm stable on this landing object and then I'll almost let go and I'm telling you it's it's not hundreds of feet below it's, it's a thousand feet I don't know spatial distance but I look down and it's the body of water is smaller so it's like yeah, that would be an injury or maybe even a fall to death, which I think happens in our dreams a lot. Um, whew, so I don't end up falling, but I remember saying to my dad, like, I think you need to stabilize us somehow. And I look over, my sister Lindsay's in the dream, which is interesting. I don't recall her being in a dream in a very long time. And she doesn't seem to be afraid which is kind of a miracle because from an objective perspective it's scary however we're up that high without any sort of safety equipment or you know like when you're in a parachute you have the safety pull so you float down or and you have a version of you know, a flotilla that will, we don't have anything. And it's interesting when I was little, when I was a toddler, all the way till we moved here to Minnesota when I was five and a half, um, the, we were on a sailboat a lot as a little kid. Our sailboat's name was Sunshine. And we didn't wear life jackets. And when I think back, sometimes I cringe a little bit like, wow, that really could have been the end of my life, like so many times. You know, I was there, I was barefoot. And it's slippery. You know, it can be slippery on deck on a sailboat, just me in my bathing suit. So that was the 70s, kids. That's called childhood in the 70s. Um, so I guess um, the second thing that's happening um, 
I don't think I said the first thing in my life that's happening. I'm in conversation with my mom and I will be with my dad about um, moving to Mexico and, you know, making a big change in my life. Um, And so that's scary. You know, that's like sort of a version of um, look mom, no hands or no life jacket, uh, no guarantees. Um, and then the second thing is, oh dear, I might have to shut this down. So, um, there's a robin that's nesting outside my window. And she laid an egg. And, um, oh dear. I think either it's raining or, um, you know what? Let me continue this a little later. I just wanted to remember the substance of the dream. So I'll come back and talk about the, there's a robin's egg, like a bright blue single robin's egg. Um, And a robin made a nest right outside my bedroom window. And I keep having all these feelings about it. Like it's made me cry and laugh and I've been putting my protection energy around it because she keeps leaving the nest, which I think is normal, but I don't really understand how this is supposed to work. So I'll come back and give you an update. Okay. I'm going to go try and go back to sleep. I'm going to check on the egg and try and go back to sleep for an hour or so. Talk soon. Ching chong.